From Creative Force, I'm Daniel Jester, and this is the e-commerce content creation podcast. Patrick Bluma of Profoto is my guest for this episode 69 of this podcast. About a year ago, Profoto went public with an IPO and as part of that process, explained what their plan for future growth would look like. One area of opportunity that Profoto identified was what they called e-com workflow solutions. That could mean a lot of things, but we now know that Profoto was interested in moving into the automation space in a big way. It was announced in early April that Profoto had acquired style shoots. We invited Patrick to come on the show and talk about not only that, but what else the future holds for the brand. As you said, when we did our IPO, our strategy and message to the market was very clear. We're going to grow our core business, which is light shipping at its core. We actually think that light is much more important than the camera because without light, there's no photos or images. So we're going to grow our core business. Then we said we're looking into three areas of expansion. And one of the areas is what we would call e-com workflow solutions. The second one is continuous lighting. And the third one is mobile photography. This episode is a bit of a roller coaster, partially because unbeknownst to me, we were recording on launch day for the Profoto A2. It definitely comes up during the episode. <laughs> now let's jump in with my friend Patrick from Profoto. This is the e-commerce content creation podcast. I am your host, Daniel Jester, and joining me for this episode of the podcast, Patrick Bluma of Profoto. I feel like I butchered that Swedish pronunciation of your name. I might take it over again. <laughs> what do you think, Patrick? How did I do? You did very well, and thank you for having me on board, uh, Daniel. It's a pleasure. Welcome to the podcast. If 23-year-old young photographer Daniel knew that he'd be interviewing the vice president of global sales for Profoto, he would probably be like, what the heck? This is, this is a big moment for me, uh, Profoto being an industry-wide leader in lighting. Interestingly, we're not really here to talk only about lighting with Profoto today. I gave you a little bit of a hard time when I saw you for the, we, we shared the stage for the second time in New York at the Pixels Flow event in New York. Yeah. And I gave you, I gave you a little bit of a hard time because the previous time that we had shared the stage in LA for the Pixels Flow event, we had our panel. We talked about a lot of interesting things. I think we gave a lot of good, interesting information to the audience there. But then a few days after that event, Profoto announces that they're buying style shoots. And I'm cool. sitting at my studio thinking like, why didn't we talk about that? <laughs> that, was a big, that was a big moment in the industry, right? Yeah, it was. And, the, the, you know, as I told you, Jan, the, the plan was that we were going to be able to talk about it. But then a big thing happened in the world on the 24th of February, which kind of changed right. everything. So, you yeah. know, that's where it is. But thank you for your kind words. Yeah, and when you explained that to me, I had a lot of respect for that decision. That was a, I remember that very clearly, especially because that was the day that we were in LA for that event, and it was correct. It was very strange to kind of for all of us to continue on with that event with this big sort of major world event happening in the background. But mm -hmm. it came out Profoto as bot style shoots, and you and I had a chance to catch up about that before we recorded this episode. And that's kind of, you know, I don't want to only talk about that. I'd love to hear about everything else that Profoto has going on. 
But you kind of framed part of it as Pro Photo just about a year ago went public. And as part of that process, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of due diligence, and there's a lot of roadmap stuff that has to be part of when a company goes public. Like investors don't just give you money and you don't have to tell them what your plans are for the future, right? (laughs) Correct. (laughs) So, you know, Profoto said we have a three-pronged plan for where Profoto is going to go in the future. And I'm going to let you kind of explain that. And then we can talk about what that all means for the future of Profoto. Thank you. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, our vision is great light in every image. As you said, when we did our IPO, our strategy and message to the market was very clear. We're going to grow our core business, which is light shipping at its core. We actually think that light is much more important than the camera because without light, there's no photos or images. So we're going to grow our core business. Then we said we're looking into three areas of expansion. And one of the areas is what we would call e-com workflow solutions. The second one is continuous lighting. And the third one is mobile photography. And one of the first steps that we took was to go public with the fact that we acquired Stalshitz as part of developing a what we would call a Profoto Ecom Studio solution. Hmm. So that was a very important step for us, and it is. And that was one of the ones, you know, I think light for mobile photography, that makes sense. Camera phones are getting better and better. I shared with you the last time that we met and. I'll be honest, I'm going to be very vulnerable with the audience of this podcast right now. I'm a little bit ashamed of this, but when I went to my, I took my family to Europe mid-April, we were there for a few weeks, and I took a camera with me. I spent a lot of time, like many photographers do, planning which camera I'm going to take and which camera strap I'm going to take and and all this stuff, and I ended up using my phone for about 99% of everything that I shot, Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, cameras on the phones have come a long way. There's still shortcomings compared to purpose-built dedicated or what some people call pro-grade cameras. But one thing that you said, I definitely agree with you. And this is advice that I had given to a lot of young photographers, which is that people get really hung up on what camera body they should use or what lens they should be using. And my question always is, have you invested anything at all in light? With excellent light, even the bargain barrel, like bottom tier lens, you can produce an image that looks phenomenal if you know what you're doing and you've spent time teaching yourself and learning how to light and investing in good quality lights. The primary characteristic, in my opinion, of a good quality studio light is consistent color temperature, which correct. that's one of the things that Profoto is known for. And that's one of the things that every retoucher in the world is thankful that Profoto is known for that because mixing colors of light in an image is virtually impossible to fix. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely, and I, I, this is for me, you know, the reason I love to be at Profoto and in this industry, because you, I think you framed it very well. The ability to create amazing images is directly linked to the ability to master light shaping. And just that word, master light shaping, understand how light moves and operates and how you can, with different tools, adjust the settings to create the image or, or the photography that you want to have that's in your vision. That's really what this is. Light shipping is all about. That's light. Profoto knows light inside and out. When we were on the panel together in New York, our the moderator for our panel, Christine, referred to Profoto as the GOAT, greatest of all time when it comes to light. I agree with that. But even so, 
the acquisition of style shoots that came out and it was like, whoa. Well, first of all, tell us a little bit about how this came about, whatever you can share. And then what do you think that that means? What is the future with this relationship between Profoto and style shoots look like? Well, it's all about light and it's about creating fantastic images. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you look at the market segment, let's call it e-com studio solutions. We as a company, we're acting in the large and fast changing visual content creation market. And we have a very good penetration and good grip of what we would call the high-end fashion industry with our portfolio solutions. But we also have seen over the years how the number of photos taken or visual content creation is just exploding. And it's especially, it got even more so with the pandemic where more and more things went online. So the whole thing to, to help these kind of businesses deal with what we would call repetitive photography to produce the content they need to versus at the other end of the spectrum, do what we call more editorial creative based photography. And we wanted to be able to share one solution, regardless of automation or let's call it creative solutions, and also provide one seamless software solution to make that possible. And looking through the market, which we did, we came across style shoots. We saw that specifically the software and the user interface they have is very much in the same direction of what we do at Profoto being, I mean, ease of use, innovation. Also, we saw that they had some really good innovative ideas. We were also on the track of doing our own software development in terms of you know, being able to control and master the lights from a desktop. So the integration there was very, very much there in front of us. So it, it was a very easy decision. Speaking of controlling lights from the desktop, I don't want to derail too much from the style shoots thing, but after we met up in New York, you were generous enough to coordinate sending me a test unit to play around with a B10. What would what, you send me? The B10X? Is it the, it's yeah. the wireless one, right? It, no, I know it's the wireless one, but I'm not sure which designation that is. Uh, along with the beta application for controlling the light, it dawned on me this morning while I was thinking about getting ready for recording this episode with you. I was thinking about pro photo packs in the past and I was thinking about this beta application even on the desktop it, it has it has very much has like mobile like well-designed mobile app feel to it mm -hmm. but I was even thinking about like you know I mean any power pack really isn't terribly complicated you got a few knobs you got a couple of buttons you, you get to know what they do they all pretty much do the same thing I just remember thinking like there was something so simplistic and beautiful about the pro photo power pack just those couple of knobs you had a couple of buttons it was very clear the markings what they did and how they worked hmm. and the app really reflected that as well and it suddenly dawned on me i'm like of course you know scandinavian design scandinavian company like this <laughs> this is what they're known for <laughs> is like it doesn't need to have a ton of overload you with information for you to figure out how to work this thing yeah. but i have been really uh, the the main thing and i shared this with you before and i don't know I can cut this out of the show if you need me to, Patrick. But the main thing that I've been very impressed with is the consistency of the Bluetooth connection between the app and the unit itself. One of the frustrating mm -hmm. things about Bluetooth connections is 
if you pause for a minute, you're not doing something for a minute or like the light unit goes to sleep because you got distracted from something, re-picking up that Bluetooth connection can be difficult. And it was just, it snaps up every time. It's very impressive. That's good to hear. Yeah, very, very, very cool. But back to the style shoots thing. So when the news first came out, it was surprising in some ways, but once you think it through and to hear you explain it now, I think you're absolutely right. Like from a business decision, and we're not exactly a business podcast, but absolutely like leverage the relationships that you have. Profoto is in Mm -hmm. virtually every studio that I've ever worked in, like even studios, and I'm not going to point fingers, but even studios that somebody sold a truckload of Speedatron equipment to, Mm -hmm. we still had Profoto packs because in some cases, most of the time it was because we needed to use that Profoto ring light, which is just the gold standard of ring lights. But, you know, every studio I've ever been in has had Profoto somewhere, some in some mm-hmm. capacity and leveraging and we're that very proud of it. yeah and leveraging that to say like we have more solutions for you studio we have more things that we can help you do your job faster that's really exciting for Profoto it is we're extremely proud of having that market share in the world that we do have but one thing that is so important for us and it was also a key part of making the whole statute acquisition happen is our focus is on the photographer. The photographer, regardless if it's a wedding portrait photographer or in an e-com studio, and I'm including you in this, uh, Daniel, being a, a studio photographer, you have to focus all your energy and time on the creation part. You should not be involved in the plips and the plops and the technology, how it works. Mm. That's why we have deliberately kept our user interface with our flashes very analog. As you said, they're knobs. It's very simplistic. We want to reflect the same thing in our software, in the apps. And that's, again, what we saw with StyleShoot. So that whole philosophy came through. And that's a core of anything we do to make it easier for the photographer so the photographer can be creative in the working process, regardless if it's an e-com studio or, as I said, a wedding portrait photographer, as an example. And that's what one of the things we're now, you know, as we're integrating the two companies and looking forward in the roadmaps, obviously I, I cannot talk about that here, but, you know, some really exciting stuff is happening when you merge two organizations together that have the fundamental basic idea of innovation and how that's going to drive. Hmm. And as an e-com studio, we know, having, you know, been part of this market for many years now, that the most important thing for them is the, the flow, the productivity, and as you mentioned, the color consistency, that you get the same color consistency regardless if you're doing it automated or if you do it with a modular setup, with the ability to reduce the post-production and get faster time to market. Absolutely. And we also know, have, have enough evidence to show that if you, when you use the right and correct light and you have consistency, specifically in the fashion industry, the colors, the fabrics, the textures become more visible. And what you see on the screen will be more what you see also when you open the box, the package that you've ordered. So therefore, the returns rate come down, which is a very important key. It's a great point that you bring up, Patrick, because it's not an uncommon workflow for a lot of apparel companies out there 
I can probably rattle off the top of my head five different apparel companies whose image suite for their products online look like this. A front, side, back shot on model, and then either a ghost mannequin or flats or whatever. Off-figure apparel imagery in some way. Those are mm-hmm. almost always handled in two separate workflows. And it's not uncommon for the on-figure shots to be shot on a more traditional set with a photographer and lights and a background sweep and all of that. And then for the flats or ghost mannequin shots to be handled on something like uh, it could be a style shoots device. The one that we had was almost purpose-built for ghost mannequin. Uh, But there are plenty of other automated devices that use constant lights for the off-figure part of the thing. One of the things that you then are introducing is lighting variables, right? Everything from manufacturer to the type of light to the quality of the light between an off-figure and an on-figure shot can really impact the customer's perception of that product. And to your point, for me, it's two-tier. We've had this conversation a little bit on the podcast around color. And obviously, in the industry, at least in the studio, the debate for a long time has been, how much do we need to worry about this? But now we know we do, right? Because monitors are getting better. Every screen we look at, they're getting closer in quality. We're rapidly approaching like probably like 8K on mobile or something. I don't know. This is not my area of expertise. But for me, it's two tier. The first tier is your images have to match each other. If your on figure and your off figure colors don't match, now your customer's like, well, which one am I going to get? And then exactly. the second tier of that is does the like how close can you get your images to match the physical product? Usually you can get pretty close to satisfy a customer, but in some cases you do get returns. I've shared a story on this podcast before of some taupe colored patent leather heels that we shot at Nordstrom that kept getting returned and it turned out because we looked at the images they read really pink and people were buying them thinking that they were pink and they weren't pink. They had pink undertones to this taupe color. And so that does have an actual impact. And yeah, but, you know, being able like looking at a world where your automated device is potentially and I know that this is like this is the low hanging fruit for pro photo and style shoots, right, is like living in a world where your automated device is outfitted with pro photo light fixtures that will match for sure will match whatever you're shooting on your other more traditional sets is amazing. And then obviously with automation, technology, software, it goes even beyond that. I want to pivot the conversation a little bit as we continue talking through some of the roadmap stuff that you mentioned earlier. It was, I remember, I have a, for some reason, I have a specific memory of the day that I saw the announcement for, I think, one of the first mobile lighting devices that Profoto, because I remember there was a buildup to the, and this is one thing I would say, Profoto does a very good job. When Profoto says, hey, we're coming out with something in a few days, people pay attention, (laughs) me me included. Mm. You know, we launched something today, right? <laughs> what is launching today? How did I miss that? Oh, we just launched the Profoto A2. Patrick, you got to lead with that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry, Dan. No, 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 I'm looking it up. I can't believe I missed this. I guess I was too busy paying attention to capture one that's for right, iPad. just woke up. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Wow, look at this. The little big off-camera flash head. Look at that thing. Yeah, Very compact. It, it is. And so is this, does this do the same thing that the B10 that you sent me? Does it have constant lights along with strobe and it's just much smaller or what's the, what, tell us about the A2. It's a much, much smaller B10 and not as much power as the B10. So it's a very, very compact flash for the people on the move. 
holy smokes, it's even smaller than the picture. Like I was basing my understanding of the size of this off of what I perceive to be the battery size. But reading the copy down here says that it's about the size of a regular soda can. So this like yeah, this can fit in like your can like you could toss one of these in your camera bag. Absolutely. That's amazing. Okay. Wow. It is. Very cool. It is cool. Okay, well, he distracted me sufficiently for a moment, but I want no, that's okay. That's okay. I had this whole build up about how much I I'm, I'm so up to speed on all Pro Photos offering and here you blindsided me with your soda can flash. <laughs> <laughs> I have this specific memory of when I think it was the first time that Profoto had moved into the mobile photography light space and it was like sort of this little dome light kind of thing and you could put it you could mm-hmm. put it on the camera but you could also kind of hold it. It was really interesting and, and fascinating to me. It's probably no surprise to you, Patrick, that the internet, the subset of the internet of photographers can be kind of a toxic place when it comes to some people who think that like mobile photography is the bane of the true photographer's existence. I don't engage in a lot of that kind of thinking because everybody's, you know, I mean, you're either good at what you do or you're not. It doesn't matter the tool that you use. Like, let's get let's get off of that. Do you see the mobile photography, the support and the light, the lighting support in particular for mobile photography do you see this intertwining in the future with other parts of Profoto's business or do you see it still as like mobile photography? This is just going to be a kind of a niche thing. Mobile photographers who want high quality lights for the work that they do. Well, it's very clear. Today, all of our products with the exception of one is compatible with an iPhone, meaning that we have, during the years, launched uh, the Profoto camera, an app for your iPhone as you can use to take high quality photos using our technology. And it's been a very good learning process for the last couple of years, working with the companies in the mobile phone industry. Whether we like it or not, you know, the smartphones is the world's most sold camera, regardless. And they, as you said, they're getting better and better. And our view is that as a photographer, you should be able to choose and use whatever camera you want with the lights. So what has happened is that we developed and launched a technology called AirX, meaning that you can use an iPhone if you want, together with the Profoto camera app, using a Pro 11. If that is what you want to do, and some photographers do, because they want to have that flexibility. That does not mean they're not using a mirrorless camera or a, uh, you know, a Hasselblad or a Face One, whatever camera they want to use. But that's our core philosophy that the photographers should be able to use whatever camera they want to mm. in order to create amazing images. And again, we're back to the, the light being the most important part for creating those images. I don't spend too much time getting wrapped up in like internet discourse about equipment or anything like that, but it makes perfect sense to me. Like we just had a whole conversation about how important light is and how great light can, can in a lot of ways enhance even the most inexpensive like lens or camera body that you might have, why wouldn't that apply to your phone as well? And we know, I mean, now for how many iPhone generations now have had a whole campaign about, look, we made an entire movie with this iPhone. And it's because if you've got the support of a company like Profoto, who's developing technology and making equipment that you can use the top tier professional equipment for even your phone photography, there's just no more excuses now. Everybody should be the best photographer in the world. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you, you must remember, there was basically in our industry, the photographic industry, remember autofocus, when that, that whole discussion, oh, 
you know, it's almost not proper to use autofocus. Right. But hey, if you don't want to use it, shoot manual. Yeah. It's up to you. I remember that even you, with we, the mirror, the move to mirrorless too. It's 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 literally the same correct. arguments with every major advancement. And I will say that I was, I remember this also pretty vividly. I had a friend who told me once that he was like, oh yeah, there's not going to be mirrors anymore. It's going to be electronic viewfinders and that's going to be the wave of the future. And I laughed in his face. I was like, there's no way. Yeah. Here I am now going on my eighth year as a mirrorless <laughs> camera user. <laughs> if there's anything that we know about the industry, it's that technology is going to make advancements. Again, going back to even the conversation on computational photography, cameras like the Lytro came out and were either ahead of their time or just didn't, like maybe they didn't have the clear roadmap of who they were serving and why they were serving them. But we now know based on the way that the iPhone is handling a lot of what I'm referring to as computational photography, what I mean are like the portrait setting on your iPhone, where it's using a combination of the optics and the available light and technology to create a look that mimics some of the functions of like a camera with a bigger sensor or with a better lens or that sort of thing. It's going to get to the point where I mean, already my iPhone stitches together like basically HDR style images that look incredible automatically at the touch of a button, whereas that <laughs> used to be a process that required a powerful computer and Photoshop and a lot of time, and you still usually got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, and again, you know, that's why we at, at Profoto, together with Stalsus, we are obsessed by with driving that kind of innovation when it comes to light. So in any way you want to use light for creating it, uh, high-end images for whatever purpose, that's where we want to be. And we want to, again, leave it up to the photographer to choose the tool sets they want to use. We want to provide the tool sets so they can do their job. And one evidence of this also, Patrick, is that many of your lights now, for one thing, I'm going to say it again on this podcast, and right now I'm in the, the midst of recruiting a guest to talk about this exact thing but i've said it before that we live mm -hmm. in a golden age of led technology like it goes it sometimes people take for granted that like even the cheapest led fixtures are incredible now and can do so much and can get so bright and provide so much light for the things that you need and one of the things that Profoto has been moving towards is like, you know, what traditionally was called the modeling light on a mono light at Profoto is now in and of itself a very capable constant light, an LED light. And in fact, the unit that Profoto was kind enough to lend me is a strobe, but that modeling light, like I have used, I, so for probably the last three years or so now, I have been shooting most things in my studio almost exclusively with LED light panels. And part of the reason is that because most customers, even for tabletop product photography, are expecting some amount of video. Most of the people that I still shoot for, and I've, I think I've shared on this podcast before that I have a studio at home and I have a, lot, a handful of small brands that I continue to shoot product photography for occasionally. And, you know, now it's no longer enough for me to take their, you know, dish towels and shoot them in my studio. They need a little mm -hmm. 15 second video for this brand to share on Instagram or, or whatever. And so you know, one of the things that that means is that I need to either, if I want to use strobe for the stills, that means I need to then have a new setup for LED light panels. And at some point, LED light panels got bright enough to where I could reasonably shoot the product photos with LED constant lights. Profoto now, it's not just a modeling light. It's a color balanced LED constant light that you can change the output on. In fact, on the B10, I've been definitely testing because I want to test the, the app and I want to test the control and, and all of that stuff 
for the strobe part of it. But when I'm just like shooting little things on a tabletop, I find myself just using that constant light because now my pro photo yeah. head does everything. And you're right. And that's the feedback we're getting that many of our, our customers out there are using specifically the B10 and B10X for, let's call it a smaller jobs where you need continuous light. The most important thing when we look into this market segment is the ability to leverage our system of light shapers. Hmm. And that's also something that we're picking up from our customers that Profoto, if you're going to take the step in here, you have to make sure that we can use the all various light shapers. Again, to be able to be creative, it's not about just throwing more light at it. It's about being able to give the system the ability to use the system of light shapers and triggers so you have full control of what you're doing. When I was at Amazon, there was a lot of hoops to jump through when we had what we called integrated sets. And this, a lot of the integrated sets we're using for jewelry. And by integrated, we meant that you were shooting stills and video on the same set. And because you wanted to shoot stills and video on the same set and speed was the name of the game, most of those sets were built. And this was, at this point, this was like seven or eight years ago. So, you know, LED technology has come a long way even since then. But it was like usually a hodgepodge of various lights and they had to be, you know, we had to really like enclose those sets with black pipe and drape curtains to make sure that there wasn't any light bleed. And the idea now that you could take these pro photo strobes and use strobe for the stills instead of making a lot of compromises to use the LED light and then just turn the strobe part off leave the LED modeling lights on the same, you have all the same ratios of light that you need for shooting your thing and then shoot your video and that's it. The beauty mm -hmm. of that is that you're not making any compromises for either the stills or the video. You're getting exactly what you need in both of those workflows. Exactly. Again, coming back to the style suits, you know, if you look at the live system from style suits, that's a combination of both moving and still images, which we also found very interesting to look at how you actually automate both the moving part and the still part in one solution and to become even more productive in the whole workflow process. Amazing, Patrick. As we get ready to wrap up this episode, I was going to ask you if you had anything else that you want to share coming from Profoto, but you dropped this A2 <laughs> on me right in the middle of the episode. And so I don't know, but yeah. is, there, is there anything else that you can share or even tease for us that's coming from Profoto? in the near or far future as we uh, wrap up this episode? Obviously, I cannot be specific. I can only say that just stay tuned. There'll be a lot of stuff coming. Um, I hope you realize that we, a couple of weeks ago, launched our new Pro Connect, which for the customers that, that your podcast uh, goes to enables them to use 100 channels in their Econ Workflow Studio. Hmm. So that's it. You can, you know, have access to much more channels and you have absolute power settings on the remote as well. And that's something that I know that Ecom Studios have been asking us for a very long time. And very cool. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Again, man, I, I don't know. Maybe I need, I need to check my my algorithms aren't feeding me the pro photo news. I got to get back. I got to get back into the swing of things here. You bet. Patrick, it was great to see you again thank you so much for sharing your time and your insight and your information with us i don't know when we will have the next opportunity to see each other again in person i'm pretty sure at this point the next flow event that pixels is putting on is in barcelona so not too yes, far from yes. you and i think i'm going to be there i don't know if anyone's reached out to you about that yet but absolutely we're in deep discussions and i'm looking forward to see you there 
Excellent. Yeah. And for the listener, Barcelona is not a bad place to hear a lot of great information from some of the top minds in the industry. So we hope to see you there too. I think it's a good excuse for a vacation. Sneak that sneak that last bit of travel in before everybody starts cutting budgets. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was great catching up with you, Daniel. Thank you so much. That's it. Another episode in the books for the e-commerce content creation podcast. Many thanks to our guest, Patrick, and thanks to you for listening. The show is produced by Creative Force, edited by Calvin Lands. Special thanks to Sean O'Meara. I'm your host, Daniel Jester. Until next time, my friends. Mm-hmm.